to another episode of What More Can I Say, a Skater Boy Fancast. I'm Sabra Kojis. And I'm May. And the only way you can find out my last name, unless you pay me, is if you do sort of a complicated quest that involves a genie. And I won't be answering any follow-up questions about this. That's not fair. I get to ask all the follow-up questions I want. Again, I I feel like I said on the last episode that I didn't answer clarifying questions, and I'm going to invoke that now. No, I'm going to ask. So first of all, how much how much does it cost to get your last name? I can negotiate. I'm willing to negotiate. Um, and then in terms of the genie, you're saying that I have to go on a quest, and by I, I mean we, the fans of the podcast, yeah. all seven of us, <laughs> um, have to go on a quest and uh, find a lamp, I guess, that the genie is in, rub the lamp, release the genie, and then ask the genie as one of our three wishes what is May's last name? Uh, let me reiterate, you have to go on a complicated quest that involves a genie. Again, this is as clear as I will make myself. I'm comfortable with this. No, okay, so <laughs> at what point in the journey is the genie? Is is the genie the end where the genie tells us the name? Or does the genie give us information that leads us to the last name? You'll have to listen for my hidden clues in the hero's journey episode. Should I uh, ask Noah on a first date to find this genie and figure out your last name? Absolutely, although that's insane because you know my last name. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, go on. That's true. (laughs) Um, Anyway, um, Noah, if you're listening to this, you're not. I know you're not. Um, You're not. Shout out, Noah. Um, If you're wondering who Noah is, you clearly have not... You're, you've started at the wrong episode is yes. what happened and you need to go all the way back to episode one and make your mm-hmm. way through. Yeah, even if you only skip the last episode, you still have to go back to episode one <laughs> because you're not worthy. Well, also, I mean, you need to know the context. I guess we say the context in the previous episode, but you need to know the hero's journey. In order to understand the hero's journey, you have to go, you have to go back to episode one. I don't care, even if it has nothing to do with Noah anyway, We are talking in this episode, not about any of that, but about the skater brand. Yes, that is spelled brand, B-R, at sign, N-D. Brand. That's how you spell things. Yeah. Spelling B. Anyway. If skater boy is spelled with an eight, (laughs) then logic would dictate that brand has to be spelled in a fun way too, and here we are. Yes. Yes. I wonder... I was gonna say, oh, well, you could change the B also and use like an eight because eights kind of look like Bs. And then I realized that that would be really confusing because you use the eight as something else earlier and it wouldn't make any sense. I was just trying to make it extra fun. Also, why is it skater boy spelled B-O-I, which is already wrong, but then the I could have easily been an exclamation point. Then it would have looked like skater bow. (laughs) And that's That's just not what the song says. (laughs) Wait, it's not... He was a skater, Bo! She's the skater, <laughs> Thank Bo. you for keeping the integrity of the yell. <laughs> Otherwise, what's the point of the exclamation point? You're anyway. so right. <laughs> so, it is 2021, officially, almost actually 2022. And once it is 2022, that will mark 20 years since the release of the Leco album and subsequently the release of Skater Boy. 20 years of Avril. So... Look how far we've come. Matchbox 20, how far we've come. Should we have a 20 years of Avril party? Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. We can all dress up as different iterations of Avril. Yes. 
Oh my god, which Avril era are you? <gasps> oh my god, I'm obviously best damn thing Avril. Yes, that's without Very that. clearly. I mean, my hair is the same in everything. Yeah. I feel like everyone would be divided between her first three years. Yeah, I mean, no offense, but I no one really wants to be the downer that is head above water. Yeah, also, what even is that aesthetically? I don't know. It would be like tough to identify like a unique aesthetic <laughs> of that one. I should watch the music videos and then I will know. Yeah, isn't she kind of like goddessy in in the head above water? Yeah, it actually song. almost has. If you want to like look at prior female singers of ballads who are also sort of in an edgier genre, there's a little tiny sprinkling of Evanescence in there. Oh, for sure. No, I'll, I'll agree with that. That sounds right. So recently, not in honor of the 20 years of Skater Boy, because we're not even there yet, but just in honor of Avril being on TikTok, uh, she released a video, and I think it might still be the only video she has on TikTok. Um, last I checked, it was at least anyway. And it's her lip syncing to Skater Boy uh, with Tony Hawk skateboarding around in the background. Tony Hawk, OG Skater Boy. That should be a movie. Yeah, and we've connected him with this song since, you know, when we first started recording this podcast. Yeah. Back at I the mean, beginning of 2020. Yes, we scrapped is, all those episodes, but still. <laughs> which is honestly, I didn't quite, I don't know, in my head, because we've been talking about Tony Hawk in relation to this song for so long, in my mind, that was like an automatic connection. And so the fact that this TikTok existed didn't like honestly phase me that much. But now that I think about it, he has no connection to the song. He's just a skateboarder. Yeah. And I we mean, did all the legwork. Yeah. And I think that this is proof did that Avril is listening to our podcast. Yes. Avril's listening to our podcast. And she, she took the idea from us. And I just want to say, um, Avril, I love you. That's your wildest conspiracy theory yet. <laughs> but you're right. I always am. As with all your conspiracy theories, I eventually have to concede that you're correct. Hi, Avril. Honored that she's a fan. <laughs> um, speaking of conspiracy theories, next season, we're going to be talking a whole episode on conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. So stay tuned for season two. Anyway, yes. we're not there yet. We're still in season one. This is the season finale. Yeah, hold your one. horses. <laughs> we still have Skater Boy to talk about. And so with this TikTok, it... It, is Avril just kind of capitalizing on yeah, the our nostalgia? Her original yeah. Song. Yeah. Also, what's funny about Tony Hawk being there is that, like you said, other people weren't associating him with this song. So this really trended. This was huge. So if yes. that was her goal, then she succeeded. You know? Yes. Everybody loved it. Truly. Also, I think it made Tony Hawk relevant again. <laughs> <laughs> so I had been no sort offense, of following Tony. the Olympics and the Olympic skateboarding. And so on but some level- not, Is he, he was, in the Olympics? No, but he's he was old. really, as I believe I've mentioned in a past episode, uh, okay. he was very instrumental in getting uh, skateboarding into the Olympics. Sure, sure, sure. So he was very involved. I just want to be clear. Uh, the second we finished recording, I forget every single thing we talked about. Yeah. And no, then I do it I too. edit the podcast and then I immediately forget everything that we talked about. That's why I had never listened to, I'd never watched the rock and roll music video because you always told it to me in the context of this podcast and it goes in one year and out the other. How am I supposed to remember what you said? <laughs> but I never said it on the podcast. No, but it was We're always We're going to talk about chatting. that later. Uh, but for now, uh, I think that there's something to be said about 2021 and nostalgia culture. Can we call it that? Yeah, In definitely. Terms of I think the most cynical view that you can take on this 
is that she is purely doing it because Skater Boy was her most popular thing that she ever released. And there is a really common trend of sort of preying upon millennial sadness, you know? (laughs) Yeah, and like really giving millennials what they allegedly want, which is like a return to childhood where it's safe and everything is easy and you don't have to worry about all the stressors of life. Um, And I think, I don't like that. I I tend to be a little bit suspicious of nostalgia culture. Like the fact that every single brand, every single snack food, all these other things are suddenly coming back. And it's a combination of two things. One is that, you know, people with power see that that stuff sells and they want things to sell. And so they really weaponize nostalgia um, in a weird way. But also suddenly, you know, the internet is as big as it's ever been. And people have a voice. And they shouldn't. And keep demanding these things. Yeah, people should not have a voice. Are they demanding these things, though? Here's the thing, though. Do millennials want this nostalgia culture? Or do the powers that be tell us that we want it? Because frankly, I don't. I don't want all these fucking reboots. Mm-hmm. Granted, some of them are good. I watched the iCarly reboot. And like the Saved by the Bell reboot is actually very, very good. And it's very campy. And it's also about racism and systemic inequality. And honestly, I really recommend it. It's on Peacock. Big fan. Go watch. Um, but like, for the most part, no, I don't fucking want these reboots. I didn't want a Will and Grace reboot. Because I never watched it originally. And also, I didn't want it now. Um, <laughs> Like, they're just thrusting these things upon us because they are simple, because they're like, eh, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll make money yeah, because people safe. are already interested in. Yeah, it's safe. But I also think that things like the snacks are a good example of this. There's sure. always on Twitter you see, like, bring back Dunkaroos or whatever. Which I've never had in my life. You know, I don't know if Dunkaroos ever went out. I think Dunkaroos, they stopped selling them and then brought uh, them Yeah, back. they stopped. I don't think that's a thing anymore. But I never had them because I only ate organic as a child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my my neighbor had like a huge drawer of snacks. And I would go to her yeah. house and be like, whoa, you can just have a ring pop whenever. And then she would come over to my house and be like, I want a snack. And we would offer her yogurt. And she would be like yeah. disgusted and horrified. <laughs> and I was kind of like... Was it like organic yogurt too? No, it was just regular play or whatever. Sometimes we would even okay. have gogurt. Like how are you going to... Turn down gogurt. It's cotton candy flavored. Is gogurt like extra sweetened yogurt or is it literally just yogurt in a tube? It's like, it tastes like candy. I mean, cotton okay, candy so it's is one of their most popular it's flavors. Okay. It's not yeah. good for you at all. Do you remember Danimals and the, the, it was like, very Danimals like, uh, sweepstakes. Oh, like win a cruise with them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> one of my siblings who will remain nameless. Um, uh-huh. wrote a little jingle for that. Well, no, it, oh, was, no? <laughs> it was actually just a separate song wherein one of the lines was, you can't drink Danimals just for a trip to LA. And I think that sibling was correct. That's a bad reason <laughs> to drink Danimals. Very insightful stuff. I think it's a very good reason to drink Danimals. That's like you, you get hooked on gambling. <laughs> yes. If you're drinking Danimals just for a trip to LA, then you're not enjoying the Danimals journey. <laughs> it's about the journey, not the destination. Exactly. The destination being LA in this case. <laughs> yeah. To meet Dylan and Cole Sprouse, who yeah, are very cute true. now, by the way. They're both in relationships, but if they weren't, they could hit me up anytime. <laughs> um. <laughs> so I think that that's a view that you could take, you mm-hmm. know, that she's cashing in on her past success, especially because, again, Skater Boy was her most successful song. Right. And, 
you know, if you look at the journey that her albums went on in terms of sales, they go it's steadily very down. bad. I will yeah. read it off now. It's very bad. So we had mm-hmm. Let Go. I'm going to read the worldwide sales. Um, these are obviously like just uh, rounded up or down to the nearest million or thousand. But we have the Let Go was 16 million. So did super well. Then we have Under My Skin, which did 10 million, still good. Best Damn Thing was 6 million, so now we've decreased a lot. Goodbye Lullaby, 2 million. Her self-titled Avril Lavigne album at 650,000 and Head Above Water at only 223,000. Yeah, not so great. So that's pretty, went pretty downhill pretty quickly, um, which is unfortunate, but I'm part of the problem because obviously the only album I ever bought was Let Go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have supported that role along the way. I even bought her self-titled album. Did you? Yeah. Wow. Good for you. But it also, like... So I think that the the most negative, just to Mm -hmm. finish my thought, I I think the most negative way you could look at this is, you know... She is going to be what a record label tells her to be. That's why her first album seems kind of directionless and a million genres. And then her second album is sort of a, a, like, okay, what worked with the first one will only do that. And then she sort of evolves, but only to what, what are the current, like, what's the current edgy girl aesthetic? And that's um, the album with Girlfriend. And then she sort of is, again, doing whatever record labels want her to do i don't think you need to take that approach i don't like to take agency fully away from artists i i think it usually isn't just about what the record labels are saying but like but that is it's a factor i mean okay here's the thing though so we look at like her self-titled album avril lavigne this came out in 2013 this is the album that has the aforementioned song rock and roll I have been begging May to watch this music video for, at this point, years. At this point, it's been years. Well, at least more than one year, which is years plural. And she won't do it, and it bothers the fuck out of me, because now we're here, and I'm just going to have to spoil it. Yeah, Um, I just have object permanence. It's like, if it's not currently happening to me. And that's not object permanence, but you know what I mean. If it's not currently happening, I don't remember it. May will simply refuse to watch anything that anybody tells her to watch. Mm-hmm. So, Legally Blonde, she's never seen it. That's yeah. crazy, right? You, Everybody's <laughs> seen Legally Blonde. It's the most iconic movie of all time. I have a drama degree and a law degree. Right, it's literally her life. I'm blonde. Exactly, you're strawberry blonde. But still! <laughs> so... She won't watch this music video, and I'm about to spoil it for her and all of you now. It starts out, Avril's talking on the phone. She's in, like, a diner or something. Honestly, I haven't watched this music video in a long time, but I'm going to do my best. And she's talking on the phone, and she's saying, it's an ad, I think, for, like, a phone company. And she's saying, yep, he was a boy, mm-hmm, and she was a girl. I can't make it any more obvious. Wow. So we've got this, like, great skater boy reference to yeah, start. which is also playing into a little bit of this nostalgia culture because at this point it had been 11 years since the release of this song and and people who had listened to it are a little bit more grown up now. Yeah, I feel like less so with that though only because if you're watching the rock and roll music video you have to already be a pretty hardcore Avril fan. Like who's going to stumble upon that? You don't know my life. (laughs) Um, So then the music video goes on. It's kind of got this like Mad Max but also kind of like comic book style vibe going on and there's like a dragon or something 
uh, dinosaur maybe at some point and and uh, we get about halfway through and the music stops and there's a scene between Avril and Danica McKellar who's an actress from the Wonder Years. Everything you've said so far is insane. I, this is why I'm trying to get you to watch this video. <laughs> Danica McKellar and Avril Lavigne are in this car and I think somebody like dies or something or they have a near-death experience something like that and they're really shaken up and they make out. Yes, May's face is so confused. Yeah. <laughs> so basically what I'm saying though is that in 2013, this was before uh, gay marriage was legal, but no, wait, was it? When was gay marriage legal? It was 2015. No burgers will be hot. This is 2015. Yes. I know what the case is called. I'm sorry <laughs> too. Um, anyway, so we were not there yet, but gay marriage was legal in a lot of states. It was becoming almost trendy. There were characters in television that were gay, actors were that coming out who played extremely straight characters. We had Neil Patrick Harris playing a womanizer while his boyfriend or husband was playing the ex-boyfriend of another character on the same mm -hmm. show. Um, so we, we were getting into like, this is a little bit trendier. It's a little bit, it's more okay, but it's also a little bit starting to be pandered to and I feel like Avril like took that or or whoever yeah. directed this music video and was like we're gonna appeal to the gays and I fell for it because yeah, I watched that really video and I was like yes gay Avril but like <laughs> she's not like well yeah. we don't know she's never come out as far as we know she's only married men she's I don't think ever said anything about her sexuality and then I found this article actually where it was from 2012, so uh, so right before this rock and roll video, and it says, is Avril Lavigne bisexual, seen canoodling with mystery woman in Mexico? And she's like grabbing this woman's boobs and they're like cuddling and hugging, but I don't think she ever commented on it. So like, as far as we know, she's straight. But that's interesting because it's exactly what we were saying, you know, taking this sort of yes. cynical view of being like, oh, this is popular, but also it's still a little bit edgy. Like at the time that was still a little bit edgy. Remember when being bi was edgy? I miss those times. <laughs> I miss being cool. Uh <laughs> Man. Those are good times. Um, it's anyway. been years at this point. <laughs> Just kidding. I was never cool. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, so I, I want to take the cynical route. Like, I, I love Avril, and I want to like her music and all that stuff and go with her vibe and, and be inspired by her vibe. But at the same time, like, yeah, it feels like she's pandering and, like, go for it. I don't care. Like, be a sellout. But that is, yeah. I think, what's oh, nice. happening. Yeah, I think that's fair. I don't care about musical artistic integrity like <laughs> you can do whatever you want I really don't give a fuck um I mean if I don't like it I'm not gonna listen to it but like you it's your life you do you uh but I I I'm gonna take the cynical route here unless you want to try to change my mind <laughs> yeah I think that it's just it's not entirely that because this is still a person who chose to be an artist and I think yeah. wants to have some kind of point of view in a lot of her interviews and that kind of thing she's talked about her frustration with people saying oh she's just doing whatever her label said and interestingly she has said that the albums she had the most creative control on were her yes. first album and mm -hmm. her self-titled album. Yeah. And she said, I think I've said this, but she said in an interview that she had written like basically an entirely different album. Not she had written, but somebody had written for her a different album and 
pretty much all of the songs got replaced with songs that she had written and that did way better um mm-hmm. and and obviously and she will say to this day like the songs that she writes are the songs that do well and the songs that she doesn't write don't do as well which I think is also honestly the same with like Kelly Clarkson who's never now I'm sure has a lot of control over her career but for a very long time had virtually no control and the labels kept telling her nobody wants the music that you wrote it's not good we're not doing it and Mm -hmm. then she would release like because of you and things like that and they're her most popular songs. Yeah, so I think that the non-cynical way of looking at this is to say, maybe this is a person who, she has nostalgia for Skater Boy too, and she really liked that era because she felt like she had more creative control. Mm. And maybe she wants to go back to a time when she kind of had the reins a little bit more. Yeah, that's interesting. So I think it could be a combination of the two because really there's no denying that this is a nostalgia thing. This is, she knows she's going to get millennial attention if she does this, and she did. She succeeded in doing that. I don't think that needs to be all of it. But also, I mean, I get that this video got shared on all social media platforms. It didn't remain on TikTok, but like TikTok is a Gen Z app. Like, yeah, we're millennials and we're on it. And like, there are millennials on it, but it's notably a Gen Z app. And and Gen Z was (laughs) barely alive, if if alive at all. Yeah, many of them were not alive. Right. But again, it's so iconic. Everybody knows that song. I mean, we had a whole episode about whether it- Nope, I talked to my therapist today. I said I had a Skater Boy podcast and she said, I don't know what that is. Everyone younger than your therapist. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, my parents know that song well. Yeah. I don't think actually my mom really remembers it, honestly. Like she, I think she knows now- absolutely do. She knows now because of the podcast, but like, I don't necessarily think I could have said Skater Boy and she would have like known. But that's, she's also not musical at all. So that's not really the song's fault. My dad has always been a like, listen to the top 40 on the way to work type of guy. Mm -hmm. So he is almost always more on the cutting edge of what is cool currently than I am in terms of music. He knows what's playing on the radio. I never do. Well, also, I mean, when do we listen to the radio? I mean, I I live in New York. I don't have a car. I've never driven a car in my life. I don't have a driver's (laughs) license. Like I listen to Spotify, but Spotify curates what you already listen to and gives you more of what you listen to. So I don't fucking listen to the radio. Yeah, I don't really listen to the radio either. Although my sister, who is four years younger than me, always listen to the radio on her way to work. So yeah. people do still do it. In terms of this release of the song, because I don't think she's posted anything else on TikTok. Like she's, this didn't like launch a TikTok career for her. So do we want to go like conspiracy theory route? Like, is she releasing new music? Is it Skater oh, Boy style? she is style? releasing new, new music. She said that she is. Recently. Was this Was this TikTok though like, the the beginning of that the like the drop the not the drop but the like look what i'm about to do Mm -hmm. i think that's completely what it was and then like is the new music going to be in this vein is is more what i mean well that'll be really interesting to find out i mean i know that she's done four different things in 2021 thus far because she released a song with willow smith really yeah called grow okay and then also she released three songs with monson who she's Ugh. We will talk about that also. Season two. Catch <laughs> us. Don't go anywhere. We're coming back, bitches. You can't it's get true. rid of us that easy. Um, yeah. I also just think that this is unrelated but fun is that the first tour that she headlined, the like tour where she played the Let Go album, was called the Try to Shut Me Up Tour. 
And Very good. I think that that is punk. It is. <laughs> I do not get to be the authority on what is punk because I am the the ballerina. I am the prep. Mm-hmm. I am exactly like other girls, but I still I think that's punk. But it's interesting um, too because in two thousand six, mindless self indulgence. Who I don't know if you're familiar with them, nope. but they released a song called "Shut Me Up." That the whole cor- the the whole chorus of it is like, I can't wait for you to shut me up. It's a similar vibe. Love it. She also on this tour sang "Basket Case" by Green Day, which I love, and she sang "Knocking on Heaven's Door" by Bob Dylan. So that's interesting. interesting. That's funny because it actually I think got cut because we recorded this episode twice. But the episode where we talked about the Let Go album, there's one song where I said the whole beginning completely sounds like Bob Dylan. Did you say that? Yeah. I don't remember that. I don't remember anything about this podcast. <laughs> um, she also obviously sang classics, My World, <laughs> yeah. Mobile. I do want to say, I do remember saying this in the podcast, that we were going to go back and listen to Mobile after recording and realize that it was a fantastic song and such a bop. And I was correct. It fucking rocks. It's so it's good. It's so good. <laughs> it's so like good. It's, every time it comes up on my Spotify now, I'm like, fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really, it's so good, guys. Like, you have to go listen to this song. But you have to listen to it, like, multiple times so you get get into it. Otherwise, yeah. you're just going to be like, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's it takes, it grows on you. Grow. She also had a tour called the Bones Tour, but that was Bones spelled with a Z. (laughs) Of course it was. As soon as you said Bones, I immediately pictured the Z. That's also punk. Um, I've decided it's punk. Great. Oh, oh, and she had, guess who was her opener for some of the tour? Who? Your favorite, Bowling for Soup. Yeah, so good. (laughs) And Gavin DeGraw, and Simple wow. Plan, and American Hi-Fi. The only American Hi-Fi song I know is is the classic, um, how does it, what's the song? You know the song. Everybody knows the song. I do know the song. Um, she's just the flavor of the yeah. week. I did not sing yeah. that well, but that's the song. <laughs> but it is the song. <laughs> it's the song everyone knows. This is not a visual medium, so it's tough to really get into Avril's style evolution, but that's a really popular thing to make content about like there's a bunch of youtube videos that go through her style evolution better medium for that is a youtube (laughs) video because you can show visuals but we can discuss it and you guys can picture it you know what she looks like also just like google is free if you have internet which is not free but if you go to a local library (laughs) then it is free um so very pro library here oh yeah i actually when i was studying for the bar exam i I would go to my local library to study, mm-hmm. best place to do it. And almost every day I would see a little kid get their first library card. And Aww. almost every day I would be like tearing up in the library. It was the best. <laughs> and I also live in a, a neighborhood that's like mostly immigrants. Yeah. And so a lot of the time it would be an English speaking kid, mm-hmm. a parent that didn't speak English or spoke very little English. Yeah. And it would be the kid sort of doing the translating between oh my god yeah i was like every time i was like i mean there was a little kid who was maybe like 11 years old getting his first library card (laughs) and he kept saying because the library has all these amenities i I live near a great library like you can Uh literally go 3d print at the library 
And he was just, I mean, it was some of the most genuine joy I have ever seen in my <laughs> life was this little kid going, and we can just come here every day, like whenever we want to. <laughs> I'm in the corner studying for the bar exam, like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Weeping. <laughs> I also spent a lot of the a lot of my time at the library as a kid. Um, I pretty much never bought books. I always got them from the library. Anyway, this is not a library podcast. This isn't an Avril Lavigne podcast. Um, in terms of her style evolution. <laughs> However, I'm I'm willing to start a library podcast. It's just me. Like, <laughs> libraries are so great. <laughs> well, also, like, every, like, five months or so, there somebody says something bad about libraries or some there's some reason that all of a sudden a ton of people on Twitter are like, um, actually, libraries are really important because yeah. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And, and it's like, right. who the fuck is saying that they're not important? Like, yeah, what fair. are you talking about? Um, and usually, honestly, it's nobody. And the internet just decided to... To do this for fun mm-hmm. you did this for what <laughs> to get worked up about nothing mm-hmm. welcome to the internet um happy to have you here <laughs> so avril style evolution we saw obviously like the baggy pants the the skinny tie um the the wife beater that's not a politically correct term but it's the kind of tank top that she wore yeah. <laughs> um and like we then we get into to under my skin and doesn't she wear like a fluffy tutu at some point in like the yeah. my happy ending video so, so i think that the her style change between these two albums is actually more subtle but really interesting because yeah. she goes from looking really scrappy and like yes i was once a kid who you know my mom bought all my clothes for me yeah. when I was younger. Uh, as is the case with most people. Yeah, and I was trying to <laughs> cobble together a punk look oh, with yeah. stuff I already owned. Yeah. And so I looked pretty bad a lot of the time because it's like, what? Like, that stuff doesn't go together. What is happening? You know? And I then... still don't know how to dress myself if we're being honest. <laughs> like, I really have no sense of fashion. I think you probably looked better than 13. <laughs> I'm just going to go out on a limb and say I that. was literally walking down the street, though, recently I was wearing, like, black leggings and a gray t-shirt and like converse and this man goes i like your style and i'm like what style this is literally the most basic thing somebody could wear leggings and a t-shirt right i'm sure it was not my style that he liked it was my ass but florals (laughs) for spring groundbreaking (laughs) (laughs) but i think that when she goes from her first album to her second album it looks like someone who used to be cobbling together a crude punk outfit out of things that were already in their wardrobe because they were starting their edgy phase to a person who has come into their own in their edgy phase. Suddenly she's wearing Doc Martens. She has that kind of classic goth plaid skirt. She's wearing that very fun jacket with the huge red X on the sleeve. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She looks like a seasoned sort of goth-esque person. Yeah. In her second album. She's evolved. (laughs) I would hope so. But I think that that shows, yeah. But I think that shows that, you know, she has understood, or her label at least, has understood what worked about the first album. Because in the first album, I think she could have transitioned into like a country singer right after that if those yeah. been the things that were popular except again she doesn't know what country music is because she's canadian <laughs> although she was discovered singing country music so she had to have some awareness no 
Um, and then we get <laughs> into Best Damn Thing, where she is wearing pink, and she's got pink in her hair, which means I now have pink in my hair, <laughs> like mm-hmm. in Mean Girls. Um, I saw Katie Herring wearing army, what did she say, army pants and flip-flops, so I bought army pants and flip-flops. <laughs> That's how I feel about Avril Lavigne. Like, mm, Avril Lavigne dyed her hair pink. Ten years ago, I'm gonna dye my hair pink. She's wearing polka dots. Uh, right, and like the polka dots look insane. But that's even like that's a feminine print. Like, masculine men don't wear polka dots. I'm not like other girls. Girls don't wear polka dots. <laughs> right, but I think she's definitely maintained the edge. Because if you look at pictures of her, I'm gonna hold one up to the screen, but I'll have mm-hmm. to describe it to you guys. She's wearing like. Yes, a pink fluffy skirt. A full pink tutu. But she's also wearing Converse fishnets and a shirt with a skull and crossbones on. That's something I would wear today. Like, hand me that outfit today and I will have the best night out on the town humanly possible. It'll be the best damn thing your eyes have ever seen. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) So I think that she doesn't drop the edgy stuff, but she's now wearing, like, if she were in her second era wearing things that would have been you know, flying off the shelves at Hot Topic at the time. Yeah. In Best Damn Thing, she's wearing what would have been flying off the shelves at Hot Topic then. Because... I have a question. Yes. So you know how Gen Z's fashion sense is very 90s? We've got, like, the New Balance dad sneakers, which I think are the most disgusting thing ever, and I cannot believe (laughs) that people wear them seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we've got, like, blazers and, like, butterfly clips and, like, kitten heels and like shit that I just think is honestly so ugly no offense mm-hmm. Gen Z um here's where that apology comes in no some of it's hideous right so um I, I was gonna say our blanket apology applies here but I take it back I do yeah. not apologize some of so, it's bad and they know it right but that's their style is very very 90s Avril was 2002 early 2000s maybe even late 2000s like in 10 5 10 years is Gen Z going to start wearing Avril clothes? Like, is Avril Lavigne going to be the fashion icon of 2025? Totally possible. I also... I want the answer to be yes. I think it's important to remember that the mall goth hasn't died. If you go to a mall, uh-huh. just your local mall, you will okay, still see Okay, I live in New York City. We don't, malls are... I mean, we have one, but it's not the same. Yeah, it isn't the same. If you go to your local mall in suburbia which I live in suburbia, I live right near a local mall, full of goths, crawling with goths. All the goths. And when I went to school in the Midwest, Mm -hmm. the malls there were crawling with goths. Do goths not have a life outside of malls? Um, As a former mall goth, um, well, I think in fairness, most kids that age just hang out in malls. But you're saying specifically goths. Like, this is where I'm like... Yeah, but it's because those are the, like... The popular kids are also hanging out in malls. I just don't yeah. notice them. <laughs> you know? You're invisible to them. They're invisible to you. I'm not clocking it because I'm not like, oh my God, that's me. Right. Yeah. You know? To be clear, I was also very popular. I was just a popular goth. I refuse to believe <laughs> that, honestly. Um, How dare you? It's true. <laughs> I'm just going to say that's a no. It's going to be a no a for fact. me, dog. Um, I would honestly love for Avril's 2000s style, all of the 2000s from, from let go to best damn thing. Mm-hmm. I want it all to come back. I think that's way better than the 90s fashion that we have going on right now. I think you're giving her style a little too much credit. She wore some extremely ugly stuff sometimes. Like there were some yeah. very upsetting cargo capris that were huge. 
All right, we can skip those. Those can be skipped. (laughs) But... But the other stuff, I mean, like, the plaid and the skinny tie. Oh, my God, bring back skinny ties. I won't wear it because it's ridiculous, but bring it back. (laughs) Yeah, I want to see it around. So it's interesting, though, because if you look at the cover art for her self-titled album. Yeah, it's really dark. And she has some extreme, very emo-looking eyeliner. Yeah. It, It feels like her brand has kind of, we've, we've got, like, pop punk or like punk style and then we've got this like emo style that I feel like uh under my skin fits into and and her self-titled not the music on the self-titled album but like the visuals of it in terms of that cover art but then we also have best damn thing is is yes it's it's a little bit punk in a popper sense but it's also like it is a little bit bubblegum a bubblegum Mm -hmm. punk is that a thing I feel like that's my style. Yeah, that's not screaming. currently, but I think that that's who I am on the inside is a bubblegum punk. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah, I think it's interesting because you can see the like edginess mm-hmm. as a through line throughout her whole career, and I don't yeah. think she loses that. I don't think there's ever a point where she loses that. You don't think Head Above Water lost it? No, because look at the album cover. Also, Head Above Water isn't the only song on that album. I've listened to that album <laughs> straight through. <laughs> And there are some songs that are a little bit more of her classic style. Is Oh my god, I didn't realize Head Above Water is where we got Dumb Blonde from. I don't know why. I th- guess I that think I thought insane. that was the self-titled album. Okay, that's a little bit more. That's honestly super... That's like the most I'm not like other girls, I think, of any of her music. So I and thought that too. Uh-huh. I thought that too, but if you if you listen to all the lyrics, let me find the line. I ain't no dumb blonde. I ain't no stupid Barbie doll. I got my game on. You're gonna watch me, watch me, watch me prove you wrong. I'm yeah. a babe, I'm a boss, and I'm making this money. She's it's a an boss babe. <laughs> She's a boss babe. She is. But I think this song is more supposed to be you have misinterpreted like me as a human being. Yes. Yeah. I'm not it's all more... these negative traits. I am a babe, a boss making this money. Yeah. It's more like Mr. Know-It-All by Kelly Clarkson. If you know that mm-hmm, song, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's very like, it literally is, you ain't got the right to tell me when and where to go. No right to tell me acting like you own me lately. Um, yeah. baby, you don't know a thing about me. Uh, and that's kind of what this is, but there's, it's simply the fact of like, I ain't no dumb blonde. As in, like, that's the, like, yes, that's the stereotype, but it's still kind of, like, if, if you're saying that I'm not a dumb blonde, you're, it, I get she's probably not saying other people are, but I also understand why that's what it sounds like, you know? That's completely what it sounds like. I don't right. think it's well done. It's also a bad <laughs> song. Like, it simply is. I mean, I had a whole Instagram story about it, like, years ago. Uh-huh. She doesn't successfully make it, like, a female empowerment type of song. I feel like that's everything. I think that's all of her music is like trying to be female empowerment and doing it in the way that society is set up at the time, but not the way that female empowerment actually works. Mm -hmm. Literally saying that she's a boss babe, like that's a meme now because like, yes, that was what we thought was empowering four years ago, but we now know that that's like super fucked up. Yeah. It's a lot of a swing and a miss, but you're totally right that she's always on whatever the current wave is of, like, yes, girl power. I feel like that's almost, like, a little disappointing because, like, you want your female artists to, like, 
be people that you can kind of look up to which is like too much to put on a celebrity because they're literally just a human but also like that's the kind of role that we've assigned celebrities in our culture is, is they are supposed to be role models and when they can't be exactly what we want for them or whatever then like that's rough yeah I feel like she's never really pretended to take on that role at all though like she has had the edginess thing. no but we we put it on all celebrity all especially female celebrities no matter what you know, like, yeah, nobody walks into fame being like, yeah, I'm gonna be a role model. In fact, most of the time, they're like, please stop making yeah. me a role model because like, I'm <laughs> going to mess piece. up. Um, and that's kind of honestly where we like get cancel culture from um, mm -hmm. future episode coming soon. I have also multiple instances during this podcast referred to the self titled album when I meant to be referring to head above water. So wow. Know. May is not a role model. <laughs> Again, I like Avril who've never claimed to be. I just want to say that to clarify some of the stuff that I said previously. Sure. Alrighty. Well, we have done now an entire season of Skater Boy content. We have done 10 episodes. We, we analyzed the song in every way, shape, and form. We had guests on. We met the real life Skater Boy. <laughs> insane um and and yet somehow Sauber refuses to go to Michigan to hang out with him you know what why are you putting my why why are you putting me on blast here I'm just blowing up your spot for no reason you are excuse um, me you bullied me one second ago <laughs> so now you're just gonna tell the world my business yeah. that's fine um, you have already completely told the world your business you tell the world your business every day of your life are you kidding me yeah, I'm really not good at keeping my own secrets. I can keep <laughs> other people's secrets just fine, not yeah. my own. No, I fully uh, <laughs> trust you. I just also feel like you're gonna probably tell everyone everything you're thinking at all times, which I respect. <laughs> well, yes. If someone wants to pay for me to go see the real life skater boy Noah no, in Michigan, <laughs> um, it's only like $60, which is also why it doesn't make sense for me to not go, except that I'm scared. Um... <laughs> <laughs> fair enough so anyway um now i feel vulnerable and i don't know how to end <laughs> this episode because you interrupted me and i don't know what i was saying and now i'm i feel like an open vessel yeah listen i'm gonna um, provide just like a little bit of chaos <laughs> <laughs> um anyway so yeah so this we can really see that avril has gone on many journeys with yeah. her style, with the genre that she's singing in. And I don't know if there's really a lesson to be learned here. The lesson to be learned here is that Skater Boy is, was written about Tokyo Hotel. That is the only thing that we can take away from this podcast. <laughs> it's just not true. You know, Tokyo Hotel, if you want to be on the podcast, I'm actually going to put my foot down and say you can't. You punched a fan in the face. It's multiple people in this band. Like, <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm painting them all with the same brush. If anyone no. wants to tell me why I shouldn't do that, they can go right ahead. But I'm not going to bother doing the research myself because I have a finite amount of time in my life and I don't feel like it. I think that if Tokyo Hotel is listening to this podcast, they can 2,000% be on the podcast because it's <laughs> the only way people will listen. Fair enough. I, I think that you are overestimating the amount of traction that Tokyo Hotel has in 2021. I think you're underestimating the amount of traction we have in 2021. I feel like 
We are at roughly the same level at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but Tokyo Hotel, I'm sure, has more social media followers. Yeah, no, you're right. Even if that. only because people forgot to unfollow them. Oh, apparently they're touring. Ah, see, we're That's not touring. Insane. We're in my apartment. Just kidding. Only I'm in my apartment. <laughs> you're not in my apartment. Yeah, tragically. I'm far, far away. Yeah, it is tragic. I haven't actually been to your apartment since we recorded the first now scrapped episode of this podcast. I've moved twice since then. Insane. Insane. Yeah. I've also moved a bunch of times since then. Alrighty. Well, don't worry, fans. Fan singular. My mom. (laughs) Um, We are coming back with a season two. Uh, We will be discussing all things Avril. We're extending the Skater Boy content to be a little bit- The Skater Boy Cinematic Universe. The Skater Boy Cinematic Universe. Uh, We've got some really exciting episodes that we've teased a little bit this season, uh, and you can catch all of those coming soon. Uh, This has been another episode of What More Can I Say, a Skater Boy fan cast. Can I make it any more obvious?